All right. Speaking of people you don't want to hang out with, I happened to stumble across this show on YouTube called Insufferable Bastards. Mm. Hi, this is Stuttering John Melendez from The Howard Stern Show. And for some really stupid reason, you're listening to Insufferable Bastards. Great name for a podcast, morons. Everybody, welcome to Insufferable Bastards. Hopefully we didn't just have 30 seconds of dead air. We're trying something new in terms of software and hardware and all that good stuff. But my name is Carlos Danger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. So we did skip a week, sort of, of the Insufferable Bastards podcast. And uh, mainly because, uh, you know, Brian has been working around the clock special effects makeup artist, very busy last couple of weekends. I had COVID uh, enter my house and work and blah, blah, blah. So we missed last week. I actually recorded this episode by myself last week, this very same topic we're going to talk about, but I, I messed it up. I had so many factual errors in the <laughs> errors in the podcast. I just ended up junking it. So the topic today is movies where a performance, a central performance or a supporting performance is better than the movie it's in, if that makes sense. So it's performances that are better than the movie that they're from. Does that make sense, Brian? I'm having trouble. I get it. it. I get it. They're, uh, yes. These are seen like people that elevate the movie to be much better than it is. Yeah, or maybe the movie stays. Or it's a and, crappy movie and, and, and but the, the guy in is it. Great, yes, yes. Which is rare, which is rare. Like, I, I don't know if they all qualify uh, yeah, I don't thing, have too but. many. It was hard. Well, again, I got the this topic a little late, so I might have okay movies with great performances. I couldn't think of. I started scan through movies to see, like, all right, what a bet. Like, I'm sure things would come are going to come to me right after we finish this of like really bad movies where the guy is yeah. like awesome in it. Yeah, I only sent you this topic about a half hour ago, and then we're recording, and we're trying something new. Usually, we record on Zoom. We do that digitized recording, but. We've been having issues with internet connection and all that good stuff, so we're trying Riverside FM, which uh, I was interviewed by an actual, a real podcaster, somebody who like nice. went to school for audio stuff and is a reporter and does like real podcasting for something uh, she is working on, and she used this, so I'm copying her. Sorry, right. and and what what made me think of this topic was something I saw on Apple TV, so maybe I'll start with that particular performance in that particular show. And I should say, although we say movies, I'm, I don't know, I'm 48 years old. I don't go to movie theaters really anymore. But so I don't, I don't differentiate between movies and TV. So take that, you comic book uh, whiners out there. So I'm talking about, there was this thing on Apple TV called Blackbird, right? And it's about a serial killer, sort of. He's like a, he's a suspected child killer. He's in jail, but there's a chance he may get out. So the police, and it's based on a true story, police put this convict undercover to try to get the goods on this guy, to try to get this guy admit to more child murder so they can keep him in jail. Fascinating subject for, and this is a limited series on Apple TV. I think it was yeah. six episodes uh, written by Dennis Lehane, the famous uh, crime writer. But there's two things about this show. The guy who plays the uh, killer, Larry Hall, is the, is the fictional name. And, and again, it's based on a true story. 
actor's name is Paul Walter Hauser, right? And he played, he was in that Clint Eastwood movie about, uh, he was wrong, Richard Jewell. He was the Richard Yeah, Jewell. Richard Jewell, he was in I, Tanya. Oh, that's right. It's Jeff Galuli. Yeah, and I don't watch it, but isn't he in uh, The Karate Kid? The Cobra Kai thing? Yeah, I think Maybe. so. Maybe. I have no idea. I think he idea. has a small part in that. So he plays Larry Hall, Larry Hall, and he is otherworldly, his performance. His performance is so good, it just stands out from the rest of the cast. It is it, the, the, the show, though, is, is hindered by the co-star, as good as Paul Walter Hauser is, this guy Taron Egerton is as bad. John. Did he play? He is so bad in this movie. Right? The yeah. guy is like he look. He's chiseled from. He is. He's. He's beautiful, but he is just a blank slate in this show, and he underperforms. Right? It's a role that in 1972 would have went to Al Pacino. It would have okay. went to maybe a young Gene Hackman, De Niro. You could see in the 70s or 80s playing this part. It needs that type of gravitas to it because basically his thing is to befriend this child killer and then not be mentally affected by hearing this guy talk about these horrendous crimes. And this guy, first of all, you know, he's obviously not American, so he's got one of those English but American accents, which is all the rage. Does he you know, play it, Southern? Does he play Southern or from the Bronx? I, I think he's you supposed know? to be from Chicago, maybe. It, okay. it was really hard to place because, like, I don't know. It's just like this. I don't know what region this dialect is from unless it's, like, Vancouver up in Canada. But he's awful in the movie. So, anyway, Paul Walter Hauser is outstanding, much better than anything else in this show, with the exception of Ray Liotta, the late. Ray Liotta plays the convict's dad, not the serial killer guy, but the Taron Egerton guy, the cool, uh, beautiful-looking undercover guy. And so he's this father who's a retired police officer, uh, you know, but his son went astray, and maybe he wasn't the best dad growing up because the guy reflects upon his whole life. But he's ill. He has a series of strokes in the show. And so Ray Liotta, it's very disturbing. He's so good, but he looks so ill. And then wow. you know, you know, he dies. And then you know, yeah, and then he dies. Not I think too long by, late. I don't know when this was filmed, but by like the second episode, they had put it in the thing, uh, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Oh, wow. So it's okay. a little, it's a little disturbing, but it's a great, I mean, it's a great performance by Ray Liotta as well. Hey, so that's, just, yeah, go ahead. Real quick, uh, you mentioned Ray Liotta. And when, I read your list first, so I was like, oh, I don't know if I agree with this or I agree with that. Um, Ray Liotta, Copland, steals that movie like. Copland, I don't know if holds up as much anymore. Um, I don't think so but, either. But 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 Ray Liotta in that movie is phenomenal. Like he is otherworldly in that movie as well. What's funny about Copland? He ascent, his character is essentially the it's Henry Hill being chased by helicopters. He's in the yeah. entire movie. He's that. Yeah. He's in that yeah. state of mania. Yeah, I mean, De Niro's really good in Copland too. Yeah, I, like, well, it's it's another movie that has great performances. The movie doesn't hold. Uh, you could also put that as like a whole. Like I have a movie here. I have two things uh, that are more like movies that aren't that great, but the cast is really good. And Copland would be one. But Cop, it just yeah. every time I think of Copland, I always think of re- like you just see the the dirt and grime and the sweat on him. Michael Rappaport, like Harvey Keitel, oh. Annabella oh. or Annabelle Sciorra. The whole world's in that movie. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's pretty underwhelming. The Long Riders, I'd put the Walter Hill Western with that oh, incredible yeah. cast. Yeah. Also, by the end of it, you're like, what the heck did I just? Southern Comfort 
Walter Hill. Well, any, film, I guess you is, could say any Walter Hill movie has great like performances and great little vignettes of scenes. But yeah, overall, I'm getting yeah. into Brian De Palma lately too. Carlito's His way, of, maybe Sean Penn and Carlito's. Well, way I, that's better. on my list. Oh, Sean okay. Penn, Sean Penn in Carlito's way is way, way, way better than that movie. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I like Carlito's way, but there's all. Oh God, it's also. Uh, what, what the other on the other spe- end of that spectrum is what's her name Penelope the, Penelope, the love interest yeah Miller Ann Miller she is so awful so miscast in that movie see it, I don't like Pacino in that I just Pacino's he's, like I mean he's having fun yeah but, but yeah Sean Penn is totally method and yeah you know, Sean Penn is is good like he's, he's like funny, I want an Academy Award I'm gonna act in Carlito's way but yeah and then you got like what uh, Benny from the Bronx what's his name uh Louis Guzman? Oh no, the John no. Leguizamo. John, John Leguizamo, yeah, who's kind of like ah, I, yeah, that that's an interesting movie. Uh, but I would agree with that too. Sean Penn is much better than uh, the rest of the movie. Uh, I was gonna say another performance that's much better. Oh, it's that's all. We're just somebody we just mentioned, Al Pacino as Lefty in the film Donnie Brasco, which came out I guess in '97 or so. Of course, Johnny Depp got the most attention for that movie, and it. For a couple of years there, it was just insufferable because everybody would be like, forget about it, forget about it, yeah. forget about it. I didn't buy Johnny Depp as Joseph Pistone, the undercover FBI guy. I just never bought him in that role because he's he too he, pretty. He was too pretty. He was too young. He, I don't know. He didn't, he just, again, he didn't have the gravitas to use an empty word, but to describe what I mean. And like the rest of the movie, it's like what the Russo, what Russo's in it, whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jo- yeah, is it John yeah. Russo? But he no, I don't John know, Russo is Night of Living Dead. Night of I know what you're talking about, and then you know Michael Vincent Madsen, Russo, whatever. Michael, Ma- yeah. There's a lot of like, Bruno Kirby. There, yeah. You know, it's a, the whole movie's a little cringy at the time. It was a big hit. Uh, Anne Heche uh, plays. Oh yeah, uh, plays uh, uh, she's Joey Pistone's wife. Yeah, the, the, but, yeah. Wow. But I just thought Pacino, and this is of course in the era where Pacino is cocaine fueled, wide eyed. Who are Pacino? Yeah. He plays this little gangster, and I, there's just that part in the movie. It's one of my favorite scenes where, okay, so spoiler if you don't know the plot of the movie, Johnny Depp is an undercover FBI agent who infiltrates the mob. The guy that really brings him in and introduces him to everybody is this old-time middle manager gangster, Lefty, played by Al Pacino. So Pacino, at the end of the movie, you know, he's a, he kind of plays his age. He's this little old man, and he knows that, oh, I really don't, I, I'm the guy that brought him in. I'm going to be killed for this. And they're like literally coming to get him. And he does that thing where he just takes off his watch and he takes off all his valuables and he puts him in his top drawer, says goodbye to his wife. He knows, all right, this he is He knows it. what's coming, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, he's going to get in the car and that'll be, it's such a nice subtle scene, uh, you know, that really shows off Pacino in a way that hadn't been seen since like Serpico. So I just always thought that performance was better than the rest of the movie. And I think what you said too, he's, he plays his age. You know what I mean? He's not overdoing it. He like really plays that guy and it's very heat. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's very he, subtle. He, he, he's, he seems like way too old to be playing that cop. Yeah. And he, that guy would have been retired, but uh, moving on or do you, do you have one you want to throw out? There? Oh yeah. I don't, I don't um, know how to do this. We didn't really think about it, but um, Jeffrey Wright, I don't know if you you know we all know Jeffrey Wright. Uh, he's a great actor. He was what in the new Batman movie, the Pattinson movie. 
Uh, and he's on he, that he HBO pl- show Westworld, which is yep. unwatch. Went back to being unwatchable. He but. was he played Basquiat in a '90s movie, but he was in uh, the remake of Shaft. Oh, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say Basquiat, but yeah, no, because yeah. ba- Basquiat, like I love Peoples, that movie, but right, but, hey, Peoples, oh, you best kill so, me, yeah, stabbing himself. He is the greatest B movie villain in that movie. I mean, actually, in that movie, I believe. Uh, American Psycho, Christian, Christian Bale, Bale is actually the Bale guy, bad guy, but Peoples, you know, is so much better of a villain and so great in that movie. Like, steals that movie. Steals, like, you know, you know, so that that's an easy one. If you haven't seen it, it's not a great movie. That's totally not, does not, you know. No, it's, that, I mean, it's, that's, yeah. it's Sam Jackson. So it's like either He's you like it or you don't like it. walking through it, but yeah, but yeah. then uh, that dude comes on and the whole movie wakes up. And just the interaction, it really is great. Him and him and Christian Bale are pretty good yeah, together. That's, really a, that's funny a, such together. a strange, that's got to be the weirdest remake uh, of all time, a reboot, whatever you want to call it. All right, I'm going to say Robert Duvall in a 1980s era miniseries, Western, Lonesome Dove. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's, we probably both watched it as little kids when it was on TV. It was a, back in the, it was like kind of before cable and everybody still watched the same three channels, you know? So, uh, you know, the movie's about a, uh, you know, two dudes basically, you know, it's, it's, it's Larry, uh, written by Larry McMurdy. It's, it's Gus McCall, uh, is the Duval character. His best friend is Tommy Lee Jones and they, you know, go on this Western adventure. A lot of the movie doesn't hold up because... It's the '80s, and it was a mini. And it's TV movie, yeah. It's a TV, TV movie mini of the yeah. week, yeah. You can't, yeah. It's Dynasty. You can't get any cheesier. And you know, as evidenced by Ricky Schroeder's in the movie, yeah. Robert Urich, yeah. yes, Robert Urich has not, you know, not really. Yeah. Gr- gr- hey, good for what they were in. Spencer for hire, sure. But Duval is like on a whole. He's in, on a whole and, other planet. Uh, and at that time, at that time. You know that's a movie star going to do a TV oh, show. He which was slumming was big time, slumming big because him and Tommy Lee Jones. They definitely made like three other versions or or sequels, and they definitely get more of TV movie of the week cast. And they're all terrible, like, yeah, yeah. And they're all terrible, but and also I believe look it up, but I'm pretty sure of Duvall like claims that's the greatest role. He's I've ever read played. that too, and maybe heard that too. Maybe he did an interview with Bob Costas or Stern, but yeah, Gus I know McCall, he definitely talked yeah. about it on Stern. Yeah, he is great, and and if you have never seen that, it's worth seeking out. It's pretty. I think it's like on every. It's on like Tubi. It's everywhere now. It, yeah. it was kind of like disappeared, but now that everything is in the bargain bin, is now streaming. So I would seek that out. You know, just go go into it knowing this is the height of the '80s, and it's a yeah. you know CBS miniseries. So all right, I'm gonna say. I got two for Nicolas Cage. Two Nicolas Cage performances where his performance is actually better. Than the movie and it's Pig, I think okay. I think Nicolas Cage is the key to Pig. I think some people don't like Pig because it's they say it's self indulgent, it's too arty, it, it tries too hard to be special, you know, it's pretentious, and I get it. But for me, Nicolas Cage in that movie as a guy dealing with grief, he he elevates that movie and he, he makes it work. It shouldn't work, but because of his performance, Pig works i know you feel the same way because we've both sort of yeah i i mean i like that probably like the movie a little bit more than you but i think nicholas cage is the reason to watch that movie um and the only you know he is that movie so i i totally agree with that and then i'm gonna say nicholas cage as red miller in mandy one of the i could see that too yeah i mean again it's nicholas cage doing 
that one's a little tougher because it's it was written for crazy nick cage it was basically like the the, the writer director had crazy nick cage in in mind but you know i I don't think you put anybody else listen i I saw that i don't think it would it would be as watchable it would be too annoying yeah yeah it'd be like low uh, rent david lynch or something and when you had his name on there i was like oh because i could even say adaptation adaptation oh yeah i haven't seen that in forever like I love that I can watch that movie all the time, but it's because Nick Cage is just so dual characters. Like he's so good in that, and it's like, you know, it's just him being Nick Cage. And I actually saw the Nick Cage, you know, whatever the Nick Cage movie, you know, where he plays Nick Cage. Oh, and with, I was the, very, with the Mandalorian. Yeah, and I was very underwhelmed, uh, especially after those performances in Pig and Mandy, because you would think him being Nick Cage. He could do a bet, you know, like it, it paled in comparison to Pig and into Mandy. So I totally agree. Even like he couldn't bring him, he couldn't out Nick Cage himself playing Nick Cage. I don't even know if our mutual friend, the artist Shane T. French, was a fan of that. Yeah, what is that movie like called? The Art of Being Nick, whatever the heck it's called. I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Forget it's, it. it's, it's, you know, it's a forever long title. But he didn't um, even rave I, about that one. He's the biggest. No. Cage fan. I got ever. suckered into that when I, yeah, I, I should not have. I should have waited a long time to watch that. Jeez. So we're already at my number one. Uh, well, I think, can I give you a couple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, let me just review what I had so far, though, and then we'll just. I said uh, Al Pacino and Donnie Brasco. I don't know why I can't say Brasco anymore. I have to put a W on the end of it, but whatever. I'm missing teeth. Uh, Nicholas Cage in uh, Pig or Mandy. Uh, and then I said, what's it, Duvall and Lonesome Dove? Did I mention that? I don't know. Yep. And then uh, Paul Walter Hauser in Blackbird. All right, so what are you saying? Well, I have, uh, I have, and again, he's like probably the most hated man, liberal man in Hollywood, but I have Alec Baldwin in The Departed. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of The Departed, but Alec Baldwin, when he shows up on screen, he is just awesome because he's so like uh, oh, yeah. the G-Man. I- like, it's a small part. And I just think he's hilarious in that movie. I mean, watch the movie, no explanation, because you'll say, oh, it's, you know, everyone will give, you know, Damon, Nicholson, all, but he just comes in and delivers. I mean, Mark Wahlberg's awesome in that movie, too. I was going to say, I would vote for him. Yeah, but it's just so different because Alec Baldwin is so against type in that. And then I had um, Benicio Del Toro. Mm-hmm. In the usual suspects, because again, I I rewatched that again. It's not, and again, yeah, it's it, a, such a small role, but the movie doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold you know, up, yeah. You know, like with all the controversies with the the director, one of the major actors. Uh, yeah, once the spacey. plot point is spoiled, um, does the movie hold? It doesn't up? make a good second watch. Yeah, and you got like but, Kevin Pollak and and the other Baldwin yeah, brother. Yeah, the ball. Yeah, Stephen Ball. But and then you got Peter Green in one. He's also really good in that. But Benicio knew. Chaz Palminteri. I've, I've just never yeah. been a fan of that guy. So Benicio, and that's the first time As I the reckon, mumbler. I mean, yeah, and Benicio steals every movie. You know what I mean? But this is his first where he steals, and he really doesn't have a part. And that's why it, I always remember him from that. And then just real quick before you get to your number one. No, have, yeah. This has gone by I quickly. Had, I have uh, William H. Macy and Edmund. That's a flawed movie. It's a Stuart Gordon movie. It's pretty good. It's oh, just, yeah. But William H. Macy is, you know, one of the most underrated actors, I think. And he was huge in the, the, the late 90s, early aughts. And 
And then he did the Showtime show Shameless for like 25 years. Yeah. Still yeah. cashing those checks. I mean, I the it comic like two book fans may, might remember him as the shoveler, but I'll always remember him as uh, Edmund. And then another movie, which, I again, I can't fall asleep sometimes at night, so I'll put on a movie that I can fall asleep to, The Nice Guys. Which I just watched not, that the other day. It's not a great movie. I love it. I love it. Now, oh, I really? It a second. When I first saw it, I was kind of like, I had such high hopes for it, and it underwhelmed me. But I just watched it the other day. And okay. uh, for what right, it, it is, it's, it's, you know what it is? I, I guess you got to go in and I don't and like the look little kid subplot. That's a little annoying. But, but you got to go in Gosling and look at it, look at it like, and, a, like it's a hang movie. It's just a hang movie. Well, Ryan Forget Gosling and Ru- Ryan Gosling and, and Russell Crowe are incredible in that movie. I would love to see them make another movie of that because I love those characters so much. Right. They were so good in that movie. Who you said? Who you're saying they're both better than the movie they're in? I think so. Yeah, I okay. think they're yeah, so good in that. that movie. Like, because it does go. It's see, you know what? It when I, I want that movie to be Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I really liked. Yeah, and it's not enough Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's a little too big and too over all over the place. But those two guys, I mean, come on, man, they're awesome. They are so good together. They are. When's the so, last time so you watched it? Together. Oh, the other day. Okay, I was gonna say yeah, because I I. I, I I think it's better but, than you're saying. I, I, I legitimately guilty, think it's a good movie. I legitimately uh, think it's a good right. movie. I mean, again, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. So I, I love that writer-director. But, you know, he made a Shane horrible Black. Predator movie. Yeah, and I just think, like, I don't know. For some reason, those two guys in that movie, I would love to see that movie again. Actually, I heard Bur- Bill Burr talk about the movie recently on a podcast. So did I. Well, he's, he's no, you probably heard a recording on YouTube. He did that a couple of years ago, I think. You're no, he also about, talked about, about it. About breaking with, the uh, guy's arm and then Russell no, Crowe well, being the great yes. drunk at the end. Yes. I've heard that, and, yeah. And he, yeah. But he was, uh, was on Mark Norman and some other guy's podcast, and he was just talking about it Brought again. Brought it up again, huh? Okay. Yeah. And it made me watch it again because I was like, all right, that was a re-, And then I watched those two together, and they're really good. And then- before you get to your last, because your last we could probably talk about for a few minutes. Um, the other movie that no one likes, but I freaking love, it's Inherent Vice. It's just all yeah. over the place. I was going to say Nice Guys is, is much better than that, but I know you love Inherent Vice. I love Inherent Vice. So you're saying Phoenix, but or not Phoenix. I, uh, I think Josh Brolin and River Phoenix in that movie Jaquan Phoenix. so good. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sorry, jo- yeah, Joaquin. I said River and got uh, that in your brain, sorry. And then uh, those Joaquin. two guys, those two guys are hilarious in that movie. I don't understand the movie, so don't ask me what a plot thing, you know, it's some yeah. famous writers, weird writings, and a big counterculture movie. But I just think those two guys, there's a scene where they're driving in the car, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, it looks like Josh Brolin is doing more than eating a donut. Like and it is laugh out loud funny and I think Josh Brolin that guy you know he's hit or miss sometimes but when he hits it he's awesome man like that they're they're really good in that movie and again I know a lot of people hate 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 that movie and I'm not saying but if you want to watch two actors chew the scenes it's 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 that movie all right so the last one and I'm gonna say this is the rare one I guess Blackbird kind of falls into this category where the the actual show or movie isn't that good, but the performance is much better. But this is a movie I don't like, but I think it's one of the best performances. Uh, you know, like a top 15, maybe maybe a top 10 performance of all time. Talking about Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday in the movie 
Tombstone. Now, I know we're going to make a lot of, our, our small listenership is going to get really angry, but I don't get the love for Tombstone. I don't either. I think it's a childish Saturday morning cartoon version of a Western. I think it's up there with bad 80s Westerns such as Young Guns Part 2. I think it's the same thing as Young Guns. I agree I, with you 100%. I think, it's, I think it's disjointed. I think it's cheesy. I think it's weighed down by some bad performances. I think the direction's all over the place. And then you, we've all learned years later that essentially it was directed by Kurt Russell out of a need because there was an acknowledgement on the set during filming that the movie was such a mess in terms of script and the inability to tell a story. To me, it all comes through. It, it, it looks like a movie that was pitched together, not, I'm sorry, stitched together in post-production. I'll also say, yeah, it's a great cast. Sam Elliott. What's his, Bill? Bill Paxson. Yeah, I'm always going to, I always get Powers confused. Booth. Powers Booth, Powers right. Booth. Who, yeah. Uh, Even Michael, or, or Michael Bean. Michael Bean's in it. And then the guy Stephen from. Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang. Yeah, you read my mind. Exactly. But a lot of that cast is wasted. What is Sam Elliott doing in that movie? What is he given to do? Nothing. Yeah. And they so, all grew. And it's more as written about how they all grew their real mustaches for that movie. There's more it, like trivia it, about that movie. It looks like a cosplay. The way the movie yeah. is filmed, it looks like a bunch of guys dressed up in these immaculate. It looks like they're they're going out for Halloween or, or or to Monster Mania, whatever. It's like MTV made a western. Like that's yeah. the way I've always feel. Like it's like Lost Boys to me. It's uh. It's too style over story. It's too, they don't think about what's, it doesn't look like a dirty Western. No, and you think like even the, the, the Westerns that were influential of the time, you know, it was the Clint Eastwood ones always ended with the big dramatic shootout and there was some element, like they don't even execute the final showdowns correctly. It's all over the place. I just remember seeing it in the theater and at one point, you don't even know what Kurt Russell's shooting at. There's a yeah. montage. This is a this is a western that had its climax. From what I remember, is a bunch of montages and people running. Uh, it's so you know they're on a river, right? I remember well, one of the bad guys dies, and it's the camera's so tight on the river. You don't see. You don't get. You don't know where they are. Yeah. You know. You don't get a, a, a sense of the western expanse. It's just. It looks like it's filmed on not even a back lot, but like a the, the you know like the the, the set on of a what's back happening. Porch. Yeah, yeah, it on looks a like back it, porch. it looks so small, and you're like, wait, this is the big drip. This is Wyatt Earp. You know, uh, we all know the story, and they just did it so badly. But yet, I know like people, especially dudes our age and younger, love this movie. This is but their those, those dudes never watch westerns. See, that's the you other thing so? that drives uh, me nuts. Listen. Uh, I mean, fine. Write me the hate mail. I mean, no, they did. I know. They yeah, never watched. Uh, they wa They didn't watch Once Upon a Time in the West. They watched, you know, a couple Clint Eastwood movies. They they might have seen The Unforgiven. You know, they didn't Unforgiven. watch. Unforgiven. No, the because the, the, they'll oh, call sorry. you on that on Twitter. The, uh, okay. the uh, they you know they didn't watch Outlaw Josie Wales every weekend. It was on Channel Eleven. You know what I mean? They didn't watch. Yeah, I don't know it, how you, know. you can. It, it's hard for me to fathom how you can go from watching like the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and all those spaghetti westerns that were on Channel Five and WNEW or whatever in, in New York City growing up all the time, and then seeing Tombstone. I don't know how you can jump from thinking, "Oh yeah, this is a great western." Because there, there's another movie in that era. Unless it's a little after, but everyone loves Three Ten to Yuma. And see, none of that, you know why? Because they 
the the explosions are too real. They are too big. They're too grandiose. It's everything is is gluttonous. It's like Woodstock '99. You know what I mean? Like Tombstone is Woodstock '99. It's just too gluttonous. We it's like the new, let hey, ourselves. It's the new metal of westerns. Yeah. Yes. And That'll again, be the episode I just title. They cared more about cast. They never. It's the limp no biscuit of westerns. How about that? <laughs> What I else just, can we say to know, insult Tombstone fans, man? Because they're out there. They are out there. It's the Lost Boys of. And Lost I get hey, Kurt so. Russell. I love. I mean, you know, Kurt Russell. It, it's hard for me to say bad things about a western with Kurt Russell in the lead. If anything, Kurt Russell should be doing more westerns. Uh, but yes. that one, I've just, I, it, it. I'm sorry. That movie does not work. And you know, I guess also, you know, there is this, there is this push. Oh yeah. Halloween three is a good movie. Okay. All right. Day of the dead is a good movie. Okay. Let's pretend that too. tombstone. No, no. The other thing is it's just not factual at all. Like it's so like they, the way he, they play wired up is the, this big hero. You know what I mean? There's no like, right. Like, there's he's no nuance like, to it. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. like the, 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 a Western it's a cartoon. Works. It's a Saturday morning cartoon Western, you know, but, Western? but here's what we're not doing though. Oh wait, we're not. The whole, the whole purpose of this is Dutch to say is the Val Kilmer though. Val Kilmer not, as Doc Holliday, greatest character ever, almost in a movie. Like, he is. He. I mean, I. He is in an. It's so bizarre. I, I watched. He's in a different movie, dude. He is he's in, in the movie that they should have made. I remember like first seeing that in the theater, and I thought to myself, "There's no way this version of Wyatt Earp would be friends with this guy." None of it made any sense because he was so creepy, sickly, he's sort of dirty. a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's so slimy. convincing. Why is Where he hanging out with else, his children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Kurt Russell has eyeliner on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like. The glam I, Western. Yeah, it's. Uh, and then Val Kilmer, like, just the way he walks. He created he a whole character like, for this yeah, crappy yeah. movie. Like, he invested everything, which, you know. Val Kilmer, I just like he if he had come ten years earlier or ten years yeah. later, you know, he just got stuck in. That's the, the same he does in Heat. You know, he he like his doc. Yeah, Holiday, he does knock it out of know. that. Yeah, he's so good in those. If Val Kilmer was an actor in the seventies, you know, he would be. No, I mean Val he's Kilmer, he's had like a comeback uh, to a certain extent because his greatness hasn't been recognized. There's that great documentary about him. Yes. Uh, but I always just felt like he's the a 80s. character actor in a in a uh, too much of a chiseled you know leading yeah. man. Like he, sh- the problem he, is he, he should never so have played many... the saint. Right, you know what I mean? He should have been the side. He should have been the side character in every Top one of those Gun. Movies. He was always yeah. like, no, this isn't the Val, Val Kilmer. That no. But then you watch like Wonderland, right? And he's yes. so good in that. And uh, what's the one with Vincent D'Onofrio? Salt and Sea. Oh, Salt and Sea. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's like he should have had a whole career of that starting in like 1978. Uh, but instead, he kind of got cast as the pretty boy in the 80s. But I mean, he just he just knocks it out of the park. It, it's almost comical how good he is in Tombstone an otherwise awful, and, childish, potty trained, like, right. barely he potty has, trained Western. He has he makes I'm your Huckleberry, although I hate when people say that now all the time, but he makes right, yeah. that like cool. Well that's he makes that's it cool. Yeah. And Michael Bean, who let's argue, you know, I'm not gonna not you know, Michael Bean, you know, he's a working actor. You know, loved him in Terminator. Some, I mean, I love yeah, I mean he's great in aliens. He has an awesome scene 
in uh, The Rock, you know, stand down scene. Oh, he's so good. But, um, you know, he is the guy that was in that, you know, like he's the guy that you would think would be in Tombstone. And right he out like when that right. they have that showdown, you're not looking at Michael Bean. Right. It's yeah. He, Val Kilmer is so good in that. Yeah. It doesn't seem like th- these guys aren't even a challenge. It's like he's playing. Yeah. Why, why is he? He's in a sandbox playing. He's gunning down children in a sandbox. It doesn't yeah. make it. And they're all like, you know, ah, oh, they got like their real chewing and they're drooling. And, and then it's just, yeah, it's like a Mac. It's like amateur actors. You know what I mean? He just yes. makes them. Yeah, that is really something. He's so good, he makes the movie worse. I guess. <laughs> well, that's you know what thing. I mean. Like we, we complain, but it, you're like, like, oh man, Val Kilmer's him. in this. There's there's a whole other. This movie had so much potential, but it is you know one of the things you you had mentioned, and I think it's true. One of the things that makes Tombstone insufferable to to me is how popular it is, and how I'll be like, I just like people quote that all the time. You just want to, yeah. you want to, and also them. it's just not. It's like there's that love story in the middle. That Awful. just slows the whole movie down. And isn't it Dana? Like, and is the, is it, is Dana like, Delaney. Oh, she's so bad. China it. Beach. And it's yeah. just like the riding horses in the woods. <sighs> Meanwhile, like the real story of Wyatt Earp, like, you know, I mean, I only know this from movies, but like his real wife is dying of opium and, you know, like is an opium addict, I believe, or or one of those medicines back or then. Or even if, know? even, I don't care what the real story is. The story they tell is yeah, hilariously just, bad. Oh. It, it yeah it, hard, it, that and that's so disjointed. Is it a western? Or is it like an action movie? Oh, suddenly it, it it's like a so it's Days of Our Lives. And yeah, the music is so on point and over. It's so melodramatic. And Ugh, I, I think, hate Tombstone. Is it the ending? I feel because like now. a brother gets killed. A brother gets killed, so they're gonna go out and avenge the cat, like kill the cowboys. But the problem is. Like the brothers are like kind of thrown in there. Like you don't even get a sense of family. No, you don't like. But hey, those there's, Sam, yeah, there's Sam Elliott. That's quite a sweet yeah. mustache. Oh, Sam Elliott's not in the movie anymore. I, yeah, so and like, then and then there's like all these. It's like there's all these showdowns, and then there's another showdown. Wait, was couldn't the movie just end right here? Wait, why are the bad guys split up right now? Who's the main bad guy? Why are there three different bad guys? But we don't get to know any of them individually. It was. Why, why are they like cartoon characters? They look like they're from a video game of the 90s, like a Super Mario thing. Like, where's Wario? I don't know. And, and at that time, what? They did the Kevin Costner Wyatt Earth At the movie. same time. At the same time. With and Michael Madsen. Problem, Michael Madsen. Dennis Quaid and, uh, as Dennis Doc Holliday, who's also but That's what good. I was going to say. He's really good, too. But there's just something about, like, Val Kilmer. Like, if you're going to put those two against each other. And, and Dennis Quaid. Kind of like, whoa, he stepped it up for that movie, but still, he's not as cool as Val right. Kilmer. And then that was, uh, what was the guy? Was that, that was Lawrence Kasdan, wasn't it, who directed that? Yes. Or I did, was, yes. It, or was, was it, it Reynolds? I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, that movie, I saw that in the theater too. Uh, and I, to a certain extent, I thought it was better, but. Well, like, it's, yeah, it's th- more that, real Western. It's, it's more real Western. It's you know so what I mean? Boring. Like, it's so boring. But yeah, that, that one's way too long. What they got to do is they got to, like these YouTube kids do, they got to come up with a super cut where they sort of cut together. They got to combine three movies and just make it into one, right? They combine the, the Wyatt Earp, but put in Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday, shorten the movie, the Wyatt Earp one, which is like eight hours, shorten it to like 90, and then just put the end, make it uh, open range. Kevin Costner, Robert Duvall, no I was just going to say no the end know. of open range. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be the perfect Western, but... But see, that's, that's the other thing. Do you have thing. any others? I have uh, no others. Uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Because we're using uh, Riverside. I don't know how much time we have, so this might just cut off. In fact, I think we get 40 minutes and we're at 35 because right. I didn't pay for anything. But I just want to say real quickly, 
Stuttering John, he's got so much going on. And have you been following anything like he's set up? He's claiming that, or I don't want to say the word claiming, that's a loaded word, but he, according to Stuttering John, a person connected to one of the people that gives Stuttering John money for his super chats on YouTube, you pay money and then okay, your, your chats, okay. has cancer and is going through some type of a chemotherapy treatment. Okay. So John put out not a GoFundMe, well, a literal GoFundMe. He put out his own PayPal and said, uh, donate to this, and I promise I'll you know, get to this person in need, which is just bizarre. So he's getting called out all over the internet for it. But why? if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you just... Why wouldn't you do the uh, set up the, the GoFundMe? The, the, Be like, and just service. John John Melendez is the person, and if you give to this, it's so bizarre to to apparently commingle funds. And I don't know, but uh, I anyway, I can't. I cannot watch. I get upset watching. Uh, there was years when I couldn't watch an Artie clip, and now I can't watch uh, new Stuttering John because I just feel it's painful. I just well, it, you know why? Because I. I uh, He's got, I mean, the guy's had, he's had several strokes and I think that, that plays into what's going on with him. Cause he's just, you, you go back and you see some clips from even 10 years ago. It's a different person up there. Yes, and he, and, you know, yes. and, and of course, if he's drinking as much as he says, it's a bad combination. But what I was trying to say before I, I got myself on my own tangent, he did, I've been saying forever and you, and you and I have been saying, if he, forget the politics. No, you know, nobody wants to hear yeah. about politics from stuttering John. If he just did a show about the old Stern days, somehow made that to something, I would watch that. Well, he did something, I guess, on Sundays where it's like Stern show memories or something like that. Oh, and really? Yeah, but he had a, the first guest was uh, Scott Salem. You know, Scott, the Wait, engineer. Wait, is this, is this what the dude, one of the tan guys? Like no, 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 of, no, no. I that watched was, that. And that was the guy Woo! who looks like That was a train wreck. He's got all maybe plastic surgery or something going on there. Yeah, no, no, Or no. a ventriloquist face well, it, or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he's not human. But, no, but the quality, it was just, I don't know, like, I was excited for it. I'm like, all right. I mean, some of it was sort of interesting because Scott Salem goes into his background, you know, like Jim Kerr, the old radio okay. DJ from the New York, DJ, is the yeah. one that got him into the business and so from if you're an old school Stern fan, some of that is interesting, but there's just, I don't know. It was just so under, un, underwhelming to, to listen to, even less interesting than you and I talking right now, I think. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to say that because apparently if you bash Stuttering John, you get like 100,000 listeners. So why not? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tag him or something like that and he can sue me. But I guess that's I'd it. I'd love there's, to talk to him. Oh, I'd love to just tell him the sh- what. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I, well, I mean, like there was a point where I was like, well, man, we could probably get Stuttering John to do this podcast. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he asks for money when he does because he's done some random well, see, I'm small sure he, podcasts. I'm sure he, you know, and again, I just want to say, like, dude, go away for a while. Like your the memories of you are so much better and you could ride off that. Like yeah, the guy there was is a legendary. Way. Yeah. Yeah. If he. Yeah. It's really it's really a shame. Yeah. He should be the channel guy. nine show in YouTube. Stuttering John channel nine show. Like and he, even when vulgar, he would be the troublemaker, it's crazy. Oh, you know? it's so good. He's sort of erasing all that. But uh, yeah, if he was, imagine if he was just dropping in, I don't know, once a month on whatever podcast. But instead of being out there daily doing these also really strange political shows, I don't know anything about what we do here. But he, you know, get a better backdrop, get a better sound system. Like he's worse than like. At least we try. At least we try. 
Like it doesn't look like he tries at all. Like he doesn't sit up straight. No. He doesn't that's like you gotta watch uh, the the Shuli stuff on YouTube because he yeah. I think he does a really good job uh, going through all that. It's it, and it I don't know. It's just it. It makes it comical as opposed to being mean. I've said that in the past. All right, so uh, that's it for this episode of Insufferable Bastards. My name is Carlos Danger, and that's Brian Spears, and I guess we will see you next time. Later! Now don't tap along. You can hear that, you son of a...